Hi, thank you very much for joining me on BIP Chat. Uh, BIP stands for Business is Personal. Many of you will have been listening to our series of conversations with most fantastic sort of experts. And what I also like to say is potential suppliers, because I do believe that in life we tend to, when we're in business, be looking for clients a lot of the time. However, what is more critical than the experts that will help you build your business? And today we're going to be talking about property. And this is very relevant, actually, to everyone. And so just keep listening, because mm -hmm. I think we'll find it very interesting why this is still relevant to you. So just I want to do that introduction in a minute. Let me first of all just explain what BIP is. BIP stands for Business is Personal. It's a philosophy Thomas and I have had all our business lives, but we certainly segmented that um, really deeply when we started our community in 1998. And again, when we started this community, Business is Personal 100, BIP 100, where we have scoured around to find diverse experts that we can get to know closely um, and that they can support one another very deeply and we can see the way their values shine through. So expertise is one thing, but also to know that you're actually getting support from somebody who's got deep expertise. They've not been flitting around lots of different opportunities and also have values of really wanting to have an impact and ones where we also witness kindness and and, and just the sort of values that you want around you. So it's going to be a great pleasure of mine to introduce you to Richard Brown, who is a property investor, um, an expert around property, um, does public speaking, is the author of three books, which I'm going to be talking about two of them today with him, The Complete Guide to Property Finance and Property Investor Toolkit. Um, and you can find both of those on, on Amazon and um, I'm going to just talk about those a little bit later again. So um, fantastic to have you with us, Richard. Thank you so much for joining us. I know that you are away in your second home over in Brazil um, and uh, got some beautiful surroundings back there. That screen that you've, you've got, I think you're quite near that at the moment, that place, aren't you? Well, uh, well, if you can see the background, that's just one of the, the uh, standard Zoom backgrounds, actually. Oh, is that's, it? Uh, that's probably the Alps. Uh, oh, I, I don't. I don't. I know. was thinking it was some amazing mountain. It's so like, it, well, really I'm. A, I am up. I'm up a hill near. A bit, okay. I'm on, on an island <laughs> off uh, off the coast of Brazil. It's called Ilha Bela, which if you want oh. to look it up, um, it's not quite snow capped and not quite yeah. that big, but uh, it's certainly very pretty. A little bit of ignorance there, which will certainly make Tom. That's okay. Of my geographical <laughs> okay. ignorance, which is quite embarrassing. No, so no, no, it's not at all. You are the property man, and I knew of you long before I actually had the opportunity to get to know you. And uh, you are certainly someone that many people have turned to in for advice on property, to build their property businesses um, as a speaker and also um, as an author. And I know you run mastermind groups. So this subject is obviously very dear to you, Richard. And is there a reason why that became a major priority in your life? And when did that all start? Yeah, good question. Uh, yeah, so first of all, thanks for having me uh, on the uh, podcast. I really appreciate that. It's really great to share. Um, and I think share is actually the key word. I think, you know, Steve Jobs says, doesn't he, that you can only join the dots looking backwards. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's 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 certainly true here for me. So, and and the key dots are, I've, I've always seemed to be sharing in some way knowledge and, and helping people just throughout my entire sort of business career. Um, it's been quite long now and um and it's come under different guises people just seem for some reason to seek me out and um 
and they offered guidance. And that, you know, became a, an informal mentor um, many years ago in different contexts. Um, and then, so I think it's it's part of my core purpose, actually, to guide people, to teach, to share my knowledge. And um, I made it more of an actual thing um, few, several years ago. Within the last 10 years, I've ventured into, pro- well, 15 years ago, I ventured into property full-time. Well, uh, and um, mentoring and guiding and sharing my knowledge in the property uh, arena came out of that, really. Um, there's a bit of a story there, but essentially I, I just started, started sharing information online and that grew into writing and mentoring and masterminding, as well as, you know, other activities like investing and developing yeah. and running pro- property businesses. So that's how it came about. It's part of my core purpose, though. Can't stop it. And yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to doing more of it. Yeah, it's fantastic. And I'm really hoping over the next 30 minutes we can share some advice here. And what I, I, Richard and I were talking about as we were just preparing for me to press record was how relevant is, is this for everyone? And he said some things that made me very comfortable that whoever you are, it's certainly a subject that you should know whether or not it's you want your children to understand it, whether it's never too late to understand how to uh, work within the property sector. Um, so yeah, to just give give more context on that, that Richard, when we were talking about that. Well, yeah, I mean, do you want to talk about your own story? In fact, yeah, that's you... a good point actually, because I did say yeah. story. So yeah, I bought, I got my first property when I was twenty, um, and it was a little flat in Reading near the university. No reason why I needed to be near the university. Um, I didn't have any help from my parents. Um, I think interest rates then were 14 and a half percent. And I had I had a little job as a telesales girl and it was a strain. I had to bring in a lodger to pay for it with me. Um, but it was really important to me from a very young age. And I didn't really think of the alternative. I did house share for a little while, but that was something that was definitely um, on my trajectory that I wanted to do. And actually, when I compare that to the challenges young people have now because comparatively I wasn't earning nearly what a lot of people who are earning a lot can't afford to do that. Um, and then I met Thomas and we met when we were 25 and I was living in Reading. We decided to move to Farnham and he had a property in the Docklands. I had a property in Farnham. Both of us could, e- uh, in Reading, both of us could easily cope with those properties and buy a house together. But both of us released our properties and it was due to not really understanding that you were allowed to have more than one mortgage. I would have, I thought it would have been illegal. Why should anybody have more <laughs> than one home? I knew nothing about the property sector. Mm. And, you know, you said to me about this acronym FIRE just now, which I really liked, financial independence, retire early. And I suppose yeah. there's never, it's never too early to be thinking like that about property. No. It's a great story and it's a great introduction, really, because um, it, people can relate to that. Um, yeah. I was saying, you were saying, well, how relevant is this, Richard? And I was like, well, everybody, everybody, hopefully, has a home. I mean, not everybody literally does, but that's a different topic. But, um, you know, people will have a home. And, yes, some, some people will live in a, a, you said, a shared house. So mm-hmm. a shared house, which is probably rented, could have a rented home. Uh, young people be maybe trying to get on the property ladder, but finding it difficult. That's another big topic. Um, and then, you know, the, the how uh, I one of my sayings is our own home is actually can be our best performing asset. Uh, if you want to look at it that way. And then it, it can actually 
property itself can be a home for other people that we provide as well. So, and in the context of financial independence and retire early, the FIRE movement, um, a lot of people who follow that type of thinking, um, they, they, they develop, you know, passive income to help, you know, fund their, their lifestyle. Uh, and maybe to retire early, maybe just to travel, maybe to have a secondary income or a fallback. So I would say that it can be relevant to everyone. I think for some people, it may not be top of mind, highest priority of the moment. But mm-hmm. what you what you started by asking me was, is it, it's never too early to start thinking about it. And I totally agree with that. You know, I got my kids on the, the lices as soon as possible, um, which is just a way for them to start making savings for their own deposit for their own home and the government actually tops that up which is really rather nice of them so um yeah i'd say it's very topical for everyone at some point in life and if it's not directly relevant for you as an individual it might be for someone close to you or someone you know um anyway so that's that's what i would say about that yeah and we were talking about how a lot of young people want to travel around and sort of feel that sense of freedom and i've had, certainly had young people say to me no i don't want to be tied down by a mortgage i want to travel but the reality yeah. is it can enable that lifestyle absolutely and if you take your own example you and thomas yeah um you know you uh, you, you didn't travel at that time you went and got a home together by the sound of it but if you had each have retained the, those properties that you had beforehand, um, you could have rented those out and that could have provided an income stream. And, prob- you know, may- maybe at the time it wouldn't have been necessarily a huge income stream, you know, and probably with the interest rates, I think you were telling me that you were paying. But, um, but as, as time goes by, uh, inflation has a wonderful positive effect when it comes to things like property because you, you, you lock in effectively a purchase price you lock in uh, a mortgage you know debt but mm. interest uh, sorry inflation works with you in terms of lifting rents and reducing the um the burden if you like or the the purchasing power of uh, of your mortgage at the same time and there's also an increase hopefully an increase in value of your property asset which over the long long term we're talking a couple of decades um has always proven to go up now there's no guarantee that will always happen in the future. But um, and that's where the retire early thing can come in as well. So you could have increases in rents, you could which provide an income stream, you could have increase in asset value, which can help you in, in other ways further down the line. So um, or it could fund a, a shorter term lifestyle, depending on you know what your priorities and needs are at the time. Uh, that's just one example. And you could apply lots of little twists on that. You know, uh, I know somebody, for example, I met years ago. And he bought a house and he he actually brought two mates to rent from him. Um, so he had a three bedroom property and basically the other two lodgers in his own home paid his mortgage and right. all his costs. So he was living for free and um, and they stayed there for a long, long time. So effectively, his friends and lodgers paid his mortgage for him whilst he lived there. So he had, you know, cost free living. And there's there's quite a few little spins on that particular angle um, as well. So getting on the housing ladder, I know that's hard, uh, but getting on the housing ladder and maybe staying on it, um, you know, is is something that I would encourage everybody to try and do. And then maybe taking on additional properties, which is not illegal, um, you know, taking on additional properties 
can actually help with other things you want in life, lifestyle change, retire early, financial independence, you know, traveling, those sorts of things. Yeah, so that's nice. So we're sort of here talking about people that um, aren't necessarily asset rich at the moment, but it's a way they could start. But if we look at the extremes of the people that you advise from, I know it's dear to your heart to help the people get on the ladder and, and how to do yeah. that. But then the people who have got you know, money invested in different ways, but haven't done it with property, um, the extremes of that, what are the ways that yeah. they can do that? Oh, I mean, it's it's multiple. And, you know, when I, I, I talk to people, I'm always trying to understand what their motivations are, first and foremost. Right. So what someone there's lots of things people could do is whether they should do those things. So, you know, someone with a, a larger, you know, pot of cash or income stream, um, if they've got a, a, a short term goal, the advice, you know, of what they could do could be different to if let's say they've got a long term goal. And obviously, yeah. if someone's got not very much money, but is planning for a future, um, you know, there's various things that they could do too. But so in take, but just to take a couple of examples, a lot of people who come to me, um, you know, have sort of, uh, in fact, I'm going to give a, a, a reference to an individual who spent, you know, 10 to 20 to 20 years in, in contracting, um, you know, so you can apply that thinking. So made some money, okay, made a bit of money through contracting, uh, but it's a tough, it's a tough world. Right, you're often on projects and moving from contract to contract, and it's a bit like a drug. You can apply this concept to people who've got an expat lifestyle or people who've got a business generating an income. There's often a lot of stress that comes with that way of making money, but they're making some money, and then it's putting it to use. And um, property is a really good way to put your money to use. It's uh, usually a good, solid, long-term investment. And so you can invest in, in buy to let properties, for example, um, and it's a storage of wealth. It's also um, offers the opportunity to generate an income stream. Often it's never totally passive, but um, relatively passive in some cases, income stream. Um, though that asset can grow in value over time. Um, you can, you, the, as a word I, I like to use, it's leverage. So you can leverage basically means in this context, using other people's money. Uh, like a bank so you right. can use a bank's money like for the mortgage and that means your purchasing power can be multiplied because of that leverage so you can actually buy more than your cash might you know believe make you believe you can do so and part of a you know diversified investment portfolio if if people are not talking about property then uh, listen up because they should be um whether they should be exclusively and wholly into property, well, it's a different conversation. But um, definitely, I think uh, property should be on people's agenda if they in that position. And um, I've, I've kind of touched around the topic of what could they do, but you know they could invest in. I, I, I specialise in residential properties. Um, mm -hmm. Some of those are single family homes. Some of those are uh, for sharers. Um, uh, uh, some of them are blocks of you know apartments. Um, for example, so there's there's various things that people could do. Uh, some of them actually, um, the, the the industry term is serviced accommodation, but you might know it better as a holiday let. So right. that would be another alternative. So some of it's for homes, some of it could be for more short term stays um, as well. So lots of options, and each has their pros and cons. And do you, if somebody thinks, so actually, I really need to get into this. 
but they're, they're sort of hearing that they're, they're not sure about the property market because over the last sort of 14, 18 months, it's, it feels like there's been, it's been disturbed, hasn't it? And we don't know why. I don't know particularly. Yeah. Well, obviously the interest rates has not helped. If they're thinking, actually, I do want to get into it now, I feel, how do you mentor someone? Because say they just were starting out, but they had a vision that they would like to get to where you are with your property. How do they start? What would they be the starting yeah. You start at the end, <laughs> okay? <laughs> so you, you do. Yeah, I'm, probably one of my first uh, articles I ever wrote was um, where to start the end. Right. So what does that mean? Is what do you want to achieve ultimately? Right. And I always ask, so what do you want to achieve out of life? Uh, because it isn't just out of property. People often come in and go, I want to go full-time in property. I go, why on earth do you want to go for yeah. full-time in property? But it says, where do you want to get to? So is that retire early or is it have a pension or is it to have an you know, additional income stream um, uh, or is it to travel you, what is it you're trying to achieve first and foremost okay what will it take to achieve that in terms of either an asset value or an income stream or possibly both okay boom you've got a number then i call it you know what's your number your number in terms of asset value or income that's what you've got okay what have you got today what have you got today in terms of assets and income streams putting aside job or things like that because that can disappear it's not certain. So yeah. what do you have today? So then you know, then you have a what do you want to, to achieve? What do you have today? And guess what? There's a there's usually a gap. Um, and often that gap can look quite big. <laughs> so it's like, all right, so how to plug that gap? And that's what I would then do. And I would do that by working with depends on how big that gap is. Maybe yeah. there might need to be a reality check um about the size of the gap. But um, you know, and what resources somebody would have, what they what they would prefer to do, or what they can and cannot do, comes into it too, because it's not a one size fits all, you know, situation. Some people are very shy in retiring, for example. So going out and knocking on doors and meeting lots of people might not be their thing. Um, some people are really good with their hands, um, and so getting involved in, and I normally advise against actually painting and decorating and plumbing and heating, but needs must um, yeah. that can work too so it's creating a plan that's what i do so you identify where you want to get to where you are now what is the gap and what is the plan and, and it's a personalized plan that i can't stress that enough right. um yes there's some common threads i think i talk about property strategies falling into about if i've got the word it spells the word right so five different categories um so you that they t tend to fall into and so your, your plan might pick up one or two of those different strategies, depending on you, your circumstances, this gap, where you want to get to. Where you want to get to. And you've got this. So I'm holding up many bits listening while you're walking in the dog or whatever. You're not seeing this, but I've got a book in my hand by Richard called Property Investor Toolkit. And it's a nice, it's a perfect size book here. Beautifully actually segmented as well. Um and, you know, you've got here strategy, criteria, reading in the communities, financials, letting and management. You've got all these sort of categories here of what you help people understand here. Do you want to tell me, tell me a little bit more about this book and, sure. and what you sure. wrote? This? Yeah. So um, I, I started sharing my knowledge in property by accident because I was trying to learn myself. Right. And to be honest, when I was doing this, which was in the mid noughties, um, you know, in earnest, really getting into this topic, it was like the Wild West, in all, in all honesty. You know, there was so much bad information. Um, there were so many 
pirates um and there were some downright illegal things being promoted at the time and it was scary actually and so i was sort of trying to make my, my way through this place um and i didn't want to get involved in anything illegal or <laughs> anything dodgy um, and trying to find make sense of it so to help educate myself i researched and i put together notes and things like that and that ultimately formed the basis of that book and so that's a signposting book, that first book, Toolkit. And it, you know, it talks about the principles and the fundamentals of property investment in particular. And um, it's a great place to start. And yeah. it's quite a short book, as you uh, hinted at, really. It's a nice size. It's not too big. You can read well, I, it in one or two sessions. Exactly. And I can imagine it just being something that people would use as a guide and refer back to at each each stage that they get to with it. And so you've got it's these... A bit like the, Seven parts. Sorry. Seven parts. Yes. Yeah. So you've got, it's a bit like a TARDIS, actually. Yeah. So its size can be deceiving uh, because there's a lot of links and uh, other resources that you could yeah. actually open up. But, but it, uh, yeah, you would refer back to it. You could uh, click on one of those links and go down a, a channel which is relevant to you. But, I, you know, I would, I do think it's still relevant, even though I wrote it a couple of years ago. Um, it's still relevant because these, these principles and fundamentals are, basically timeless yeah you know things like leverage compound interest you know those sorts of their financial yeah. principles not towards the school which um i think they should be by the way that's a different topic uh, and they're they're in that book and it's 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 easy to consume and digest so yeah. that was the intention only. no it looks it really looks like it, it doesn't it doesn't scare me looking at that and i, <laughs> I imagine brilliant starting point and then you've got this book the complete guide to property finance which mm. is a thicker book but obviously yes. getting into advising finance it's a big that's a big area there um and so tell me a bit more about this book and and what sort of person is picking this up and, mm. and buying this mm. so if toolkit was this sort of signposting rather small easy to digest consume book yeah. then the finance book complete guides probably finance is almost almost the opposite of that it's it's, it's like a, a reference guide um it's got more than 50 different ways to finance property i'm hoping that you know i think there's 54 or 55 uh that are in there and um, and most people could name one two or three quite easily buy to let mortgage for example but could you could you list 50 odd so you, do you need to know all 50 are they all relevant to you perhaps not but that's why i call it like a read it's a readable reference guide so you can dip in and out and there will be strategies that could suit different people at different points in time and remember we we're talking about this sort of the gap and the end game you know might be more suited some of those strategies might be more suited to certain individuals uh, than others so it's a readable reference guide. Don't be put off by it. You can put it on your shelf and just pull it off, pull it off and read it. Read a chapter in isolation. In fact, oh, I want to know about, you know, bridging finance. I want to know about rent to rent. Um, what's that all about? And just read that chapter. It's so. incredible. But the fact is, you've got all this knowledge in your head. <laughs> I mean, that, well, in terms of, because <laughs> to me on the outside, this is a complex world. And you could really make a mistake. And I'm sure you've seen people making mistakes and over leveraging, over leveraging, over gear, whatever the phrases are. But you've got all this in your head. So when you're running a mastermind or when somebody comes to you for mentoring because they're wanting to get into property, 
you can, this is what you were saying, this gap in personalizing it. You, you This is in your head. You all know from, yeah. them, from auditing them yeah. what's the right direction. Yeah. And by the way, I've made my own fair share of mistakes too. So, I mean, that's um, that's one of the benefits of mentoring um, yeah. is passing on that wisdom, um, that learning uh, yeah. of the mistakes as well as what the knowledge that you've gained. So, yeah, that I've got my fair share of battle scars. Um, and I'm, I'm trying to help people avoid making those same mistakes. But yes, there's a lot you can cover. And I've kind of studied this now for a decade and a half, I guess, um, that sort of period of time and practiced it. And I'm not going to say I've perfected it, but I've, you know, I'm, you know, I've done my 10,000 hours or my, my, I've earned my three stripes or whatever language you want to, you know, use. And um, it comes relatively natural to me to help uh, guide others to their own journey. Um, and the pitfalls that they should avoid. And, you know, I, I, I'm not afraid of saying that doesn't sound right for you. Maybe consider this instead um, when the, there's flavors of the month, isn't it? There's like topics of the moment, hot topics. Everyone should get into blah. And it's like, well, maybe that's not right for you, actually. Just because everybody's doing it, everybody's talking yeah. about it, doesn't mean that's the right strategy for you. So um, I I think it's all about personalization. It's all about, I know what's possible in broader sense of terms. I've done most of those 50 uh, financing strategies, for example, myself. And so I can impart that and share that with other people and hopefully give them a bit of a steer, which will point them in the right direction and keep them on the straight and narrow. And do you get people contact you say, I am absolutely in the shit? (laughs) Yeah, this, yeah, I do. So my own, I've got my, my alter ego is the property voice. Yeah. Um, and I've had a podcast, I had a podcast for seven years. And I said, I'm going to take a bit of a break. Well, that breaks about two years at the moment. And I'm planning to go back to it. I, I've written for industry magazines, Your Property Network. I've got my books. I've had blog posts, da, 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 da. But um, I often have people, especially when I was very active with the podcast, contacting me. And often they're coming at me with a couple of, key um opening lines what's the best strategy to follow i am in the shit how do i get out of it how do i've got a i've got a portfolio or i've got some assets already are they optimized are they performing well what else could i do i'm kind of or i'm kind of stuck and i need to pivot you know what what can i do you know to do what you've done and have this location independent lifestyle or be able to technically i can retire early maybe i should listen to myself and actually do that um but so, yeah, I think there's a couple of different drivers where people come to me. I've helped people out of sticky situations, like they've got in trouble with a deposit with a saucer and it's not gone well, or they deposit on an off plan and it's not being built, or they've got a property and they've got a sticky tenant they can't move on, uh, or they've got a property asset that's underwater, i.e. it's costing them money. Uh, could they repurpose that rather than just sell up or something? There's lots of different uh, situation. So I, I help people around strategy and their plan. I also talk about their portfolio if they have one and, and how to optimize and improve the performance of their existing portfolio. And and of course, then um, if they haven't got a portfolio and they're looking to, to get one or to, to get their first one, those sorts of conversations too. Yeah, amazing. And one of the things I love, which I know you've said, uh, you'd be very happy to send them this. And so if anybody wants to connect with um, Richard, I'm going to give you the how to find him. 
Um, but also, of course, you know Thomas or I will always in, make any introductions. But you've got this um, amazing PDF of, around me, have meaningful conversations. Um, and, and I really like that. And I wondered if you could share more about that, because that to me, well, that very much resonates with me about yeah. the importance of going deep and, and being able to build that trust with people. So you just share a little bit more about that. Sure. Well, I thought it would resonate with you, and that's part of the reason why I selected that. It's a, it's a magazine article I wrote a little while ago, but um, property can be seen very transactional, okay? Mm -hmm. um, you, you know, for example, somebody buying, I'm talking from a, a buyer or investor you know, point of view here, but you, you see something on Rightmove, which is an app. You click, you know, or whatever, you ask to go and view the property. You go and view it, an agent shows you around. You probably don't meet the owner of the property, you walk away and you think, mm, need to do this, need to do that. I'm going to put in a lowball offer, which is probably insulting um, to the uh, buyer who you haven't actually met or had any sort of meaningful engagement with. It probably get rejected, and um, and you probably then that will probably be the end of that. And you'll have to do that about a hundred times before you you might get one who says yes. So that's not a very productive way of doing things, and it's not a very pleasant way of doing things either. So. The having meaningful conversations uh, article was talking about more of a process. Um, and yes, we're trying to get to a win-win outcome. We're not trying to get to a win-lose outcome where it's like, oh, the, the buyer of the property gets this super huge discount and the seller of the property suffers a massive loss and, 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 you know, and walks away regretting the whole experience. Let's just talk about having a meaningful conversation with another human being um, and getting to know them, getting to know their issues, getting to know their drivers and motivations. And yes, of course, with the with a, a, an intention of you know, being able to offer them something that hopefully meets their needs and meets our needs, but in a more human way, in a more connected way, and hopefully in a more successful way. And so um, it's you know getting to deal with the individual um, human on the other side, and not just it's moving away from transaction and into relationship, in a nutshell. Good. And as a process, and I, I think I've outlined in the article. I never a lot of things as you you said something earlier and it stuck in my, my in my mind. You said, "Oh, you've got all this in your head and you know about all this stuff yeah. or something to that effect." Well, that's true. I have all this stuff floating around in my head, and um, this is one of those things that was floating around in my head. It's just something I naturally did, and, and then I actually thought about it and I thought, "Hang on a minute, I do this all the time. It's a repeatable process." Yeah. And so what I did in the article is I noted down the steps in the process, but I kind of reverse engineered it. I didn't know I was following a process if you follow me. So I put it, there's about nine steps. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's a process. And don't sound like a robot, um, you know, just following a step-by-step -step process because it's, you be, it's a human and we're talking to another person. So it won't, you know, you might need to skip to, you know, number eight when you're at number two, but, um, you know, it can be adapted. So no, really um, that's in an article form and I'm more than happy to share that with anyone if they'd like. It's, it's I love it and I think it's interesting whenever we talk to our experts in all different sectors when you live with something and you build this wisdom um, because you're always wanting more knowledge anyway as an expert because you'll never feel complete do you I think you yeah. people you underestimate the the wisdom that you accumulate that people need to tap into um and I don't know how many people must go into property without actually realizing how important it is to tap into the wisdom of someone else who's made screw ups, 
I mean, you can't, you cannot get wisdom without making mistakes. It's, it's just impossible. It just means you've not taken any risks yourself, doesn't it? Yeah, totally agree. And you know, obviously, I guess it sounds like I, I would say that, wouldn't I? Because mm. I offer to mentor and guide other people, so that's my agenda on cards on the table. But at the same time, I offer lots of free and low cost resources to yeah. people so that they can actually do a large part of it themselves. And I'm a firm believer in that too. So, but I think uh, my one of I think it's an original of mine. But you never know. Uh, I could be stealing this, but I would say that experience is learning from your own mistakes, but wisdom is learning from other people's mistakes. So, if you know, learn from my mistakes, learn from your mistakes, right? And and then you can make a step change in your progress and growth and development by learning from other people, whether it's me in property or some or other people. Um, just you know, don't just go in there willy nilly. Try try a few things and find out the hard way. Yeah. <laughs> try try. There's a few easier steps you can take. And is it quite common? Do you find it quite common that people are doing equity release in order to help their children? be able to buy their first property is that sort of quite a yeah well the the whole bank of mum and dad thing right um so i've got it myself with my own uh kids my my uh, our kids with three daughters are all you know adults um actually one of them says no i'm not an adult i'm a semi-adult a half adult because i'm not an adult until i hit 30 so um she's 27 uh so she describes herself as a half adult um but you know okay this is a guy with privilege alert right um and they they they're young and they're starting out in their careers and they don't have a lot of money they don't have a lot of savings and it's bloody hard to get on the housing ladder right we know that especially if you live in a high cost location like the southeast of, of the uk for example or london it's, it's it's almost impossible so you know dad and mom can help give them a bit of a leg up and one of the ways to do that is releasing monies from from your own assets, whether it's your own home or something like that, or you know, help saving. So there's there's a couple of different ways in which people are doing that. Um, but there's also a few ways in which um, that step onto the housing ladder can be made a little easier. Um, uh, so, for example, if you happen to be living in, let's just say, London or the southeast, it might take you a decade to save for a deposit, and if you if you've got a good job, maybe there's two jobs that are needed, and maybe you couldn't actually afford the mortgage even if you could, right? But hey, what about investing in a lower in a lower cost location, which maybe produces a higher yield and save that surplus cash, and maybe start growing an asset in a different location, and you know pegging that purchase price at that point, let it grow over that same decade or however long it is. And then you magnify your savings through um, investing in a property that's in a more affordable location. Um, there are more affordable lo affordable locations. You still need some money if you want to put a deposit on a house, straight house purchase. But FYI, there's ways to control property assets without owning them with lower deposits or even no deposits. Yeah. Pointed towards the book, of course. But um... I like that. <laughs> And I imagine you know the hotspots that are probably great places to invest that are outside of the southeast that are sort of growing. I'm not going to ask you to share those now. What do you think of the help to buy type schemes that are being done? I think I think it's great. I mean, I, I would say this: um, everyone who hasn't got 
a home of their own, should seriously look into um, ways in which they could get one. Um, help survive is an example. Um, the um, shared ownership is another one, which is an example that can reduce the burden of acquisition. Then you've got saving schemes of the government sponsors like the LISA lifetime, ISA, uh, right. which, you know, it's free, free money from the government. Um, then, you know, once you own that property, there's various things. I think I hinted at one earlier, you could take in a lodger. No, that's not everybody's you know idea of, you know, pleasurable home experience, but it's great from an investment point of view. You can add value to the property, you know, do it up, um, extend it. And uh, any profit you make on your own home is tax free that you could put into your next one or do other things with. So the, your home, actually, I, I would encourage everyone if they don't have one, so the more aimed at the younger generation to find a way to get one. Yeah. And there's a, there's a lot of different ways. And if you have one um, already, then seriously con consider having another one or two or three and uh, and you know, which you know is also possible, not illegal, as uh, you've since yeah. discovered. Uh, other ways to accumulate, you know, property assets as well as your own home, and then you're multiplying your chances of growing your wealth and growing your yeah. future income stream by doing so. And I suppose a lot of people are putting money into their pensions, aren't they? And sort of giving their money yeah. to other people to see how they can make it grow. But you know, it's yeah, it's, no. You're another um, option to come and get advice from someone like you about, you know, if I'm if I'm putting three grand a month into a pension, should I actually be thinking about putting three grand a month into a mortgage on another property instead? Potentially, but uh, I I've got a bit of a contrarian view. If you talk to a lot of people in the property uh, sort of not you know property sort of knowledge sharing community you yeah. know, like me, a lot of them just will talk about, oh, property is my pension, or you know, yeah. they just will make a real strong case for property being the best place to put all your money i don't actually have that view so i think a pension is also a great place to put your money yeah um too especially if because uh, especially if an employer is making a contribution yeah. and especially if you're a higher rate taxpayer because yeah. that leverage effect that um i talked about earlier well you get two dollops of that with a with a pension companies putting in money tax man's putting in money so why would you not uh, you know sort of do that but to maybe go all in on a pension, um, I think I would you know, encourage people to look at different types of um, ways to diversify their investing and property would be a natural one to look at. Nice. Um, and if, if you're making money in your company, if, you're, if you've got your own business, for example, you can actually channel some of that money into investing in properties as well to you know, acquire property assets as well as your business asset and growth so that's another that's interesting that, mm, so rather than just having accumulating reserve cash that's sitting there and that's an interesting conversation to have because i think mm -hmm. a lot of business owners entrepreneurs they put they just they have their own business as their only asset they're not you know they don't think about the fact that they could be creating other assets off the back of it so i think that is a a really interesting thought as well yeah, and if I just add one, another one onto that one, it's also yeah. the pension angle. So if you've got your own business and you can you can have a company pension scheme um, called a SAS, SSAS, Small Self-Administered Scheme, it stands for. Um, you can actually also use your own SAS to help with your property endeavours too. So a couple of little hacks or spins or different angles, really, that a business owner could look at to uh, put their funds to use 
even if you think it's locked away and perhaps you can't access it. So there's a couple of different spins there. Well, that makes me think I definitely want to connect you to our wealth manager to talk that through. Because I think that's really interesting in terms of, yeah, I mean, this whole, I look at sort of people accumulating wealth and how do they do it? And it's just confusing, isn't it? Unless you get to the experts who know how to do these things. And you want to talk to very, you know, quite a diverse group of different people, you know, your ISA, your wealth manager, your property expert. You need to really, you need to really make this a commitment to think, am I actually using any money that I've got that I don't need in order to live? Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I think. Sometimes property people and wealth managers don't always uh, agree, um, but I agree with what you just said, essentially, which is talk to different uh, experts and people from different specialisms. Um, there's the tax advisor as well. You want to add into that list, probably. And, um, and But you take ownership and control of your own financial destiny. Um, you don't just gift it into the hands of a third-party advisor and just trust everything they do, they say, rather. Um, take on different perspectives and you know do what you think is right for you having done so yeah that's, that's very what i would say there's some great advice in there I, I know that you know most of your time is spent helping people who are actually wanting to create a business out of property and helping them to really leverage beyond their own property that they've bought or you know one rental mm-hmm. If I could just exploit your knowledge a bit more, I was hearing on the radio that there's never been more over 50s in rentals than for years than there are now. Um, and I don't know what's caused that, but people in their, people over 50 that are sitting in rental properties rather than being able to own their own. Can you see a way out of that for people that are in their 50 plus? Where Because there's a lot of help to buy. There's a lot of schemes for the younger generation. But, you know, can you think of any way that people are sitting, maybe people listening here who uh, went through rough times and went into rental over 50? Are there any schemes, anything that can help them? Schemes as such, um, it, it w- might depend on circumstances. But in terms of like, you know, the LISA scheme, I think you need to, it, it caps out at 40. Um, right. it, so that's not great. Um, the help to buy has probably got an age restriction. I can't remember off the top of my head exactly what it is. But I think, um, so that's in terms of um, commonly available, you know, public, uh, sorry, government-sponsored um, initiatives. Yeah. But I would say there are, the, the private sector would have the answer. So what do I mean by that? Um, don't just trust the government to have a scheme which would work for the over 50s. Um, but I'll just give a couple of potential examples now. But um, let's say you, you partner up with somebody. Um, that's, an, you know, it, from an investment point of view, that's a way in which potentially, well, hang on a minute, you, you're in rented accommodation for a reason. Perhaps you don't have a deposit. Perhaps you can't uh, qualify for a mortgage um, for, you know, credit rating it reasons and things like that. Uh, maybe you live in a hard, you know, unaffordable area uh, from a, you know, uh, access to you know, buying type of thing. But yeah. maybe you could buddy up with someone. Could be a family member, could be a friend, could be somebody in the property community. Um, but in any partner partnering up type of endeavor, um, it's a uh, you know there's a mutual you know benefit. So the, what can you bring to the partnership? It may not be huge deposit. It may not be affordability on a mortgage, but it could be something else. It could right. be time, for example. It could be knowledge. 
could be know-how, could be good with your hands. And um, so there's people going, well, you know, I've got none of those things. How about me? But again, it depends on the individual, I would say. Um, and I think it, I did it. I did hear on the radio recently about a guy who um, was uh, elderly and was in rented accommodation and was asked to leave his um, rental home by the landlord who was looking to probably sell or something like that. And that's a topic, a hot topic. And I was thinking myself, you know, what could he do? How could I help? I was even thinking of getting in touch with him uh, and, and going to say something. But um, it, as, it, you can't help everyone in every situation, but there might be angles and options. It might not all be lost, is what I'm saying. Yeah, um, and, and there's, there's... huge rents, and yeah, you know they've got the they've got the income, but they just haven't got the deposits, like you're saying. Whereas somebody may have a deposit but hasn't got a huge income. And yeah, like that. you know, I almost flip it around and go, well, can you can you club together? And yeah, actually, you know, really is a few of you, um, that, you know, the shared living model, um, just with a different generation, um, yeah. and with a different way of uh, acquiring uh, the property. Yes, you probably share share your home with other people, or share an investment with other people, um, but that's that could work. Yeah, potentially. I think what's been really lovely about this talk, Richard, is. You know, I know what your core business is, but at really at the at the top of this show, when we were introducing it, it was all about the values of kindness and openness and just caring about people and being so passionate about your expertise and the knowledge that you have that you're not just looking for the next buck that you can make. And it's really shone through on this podcast, the way you've shared knowledge to people that would ultimately never become a client. And it's not necessarily your client target, but the way that you're open to pointing people and and helping people so it really has meant a lot to me the way you've shared this because we've got a broad range here from the people who are just wanting to be able to accumulate more wealth and maybe it's for you know their family in the future or whatever and those people who are just literally trying to get by uh, and and cope with life and get a, a roof over their head so um it's been really powerful and anybody who um would like to get in touch with richard of course you can do that through Thomas and I. He's on LinkedIn, but you won't find him just as Richard Brown. He's got a WJ in the middle. So the LinkedIn yeah. would be Richard WJ Brown. Um, the Property Voice um, UK. So if you go to Twitter or X or whatever we call it, it, it looks <laughs> for the Property Voice UK. And that's Richard's uh, Twitter on Instagram. He's the Property Voice. So Instagram, the Property Voice. Follow him. I think, as we said at the beginning of the show, this is really relevant to everyone um your podcast is it still able to be listened yeah, to yeah it should yeah yeah there's the seven years worth of back catalog it'll take you a while uh, yeah, but it's in exactly. often it's in series format so you can cherry pick what where you start almost and, and watch a series oh not watch listen sorry yeah and so what, would you, what would you look up on spotify or whatever what would it what would you yes yeah, spotify you look up the property voice. You can voice. find it on Spotify. You can find it on iTunes and uh, um, other sort of podcast, yeah. you know, distribution channels. Yeah, it's great. The property voice is a great name, and um, and of course, have you got a website? Yep, and surprisingly, it's called thepropertyvoice.co.uk. Um, FYI, needs a bit of an update, a bit of a refresh, but um, it's yes, I have have that too. So the property voice, you know, is you just put that in Google, you'll probably find me some, somehow somewhere. Yeah, it's been fantastic. And I just want to remind everyone that this um, seven part toolkit that we talked about, if you put in property investor toolkit into Amazon, I imagine that's the best place to go for it, isn't it, Richard? 
Yeah. Yeah, the property yeah, it is. toolkit. So that's a really and good thing for anyone. So readable. Um, Thank and then you. in more detail is this complete guide to property finance, which has to be one of the most critical aspects of getting into property. And as you will have heard from Richard, you know, he has so much knowledge and wisdom. So you've got so many options there um, for how you could finance property going forward. Um, been a, a wonderful conversation. I've really loved it. It's a subject. I know I'm not too old, but it is a subject. Oh. <laughs> I do wish that I had known when I was young. I really do. Um, I wish I'd known you when I was much younger. That's not me oh. coming to you there, Richard. But, you know. <laughs> no, no worries. Well, to be honest with you, I came into it late myself, if that's any consolation. So um, my, my backstory, I, we don't have time for it now, but no, uh, my backstory is, well, I, I came from, my my starting position was bad. I was in my mid-40s. I was broke. I was divorced, broke, huge amounts of debt, no properties, nothing. So I turned it around. Um, and that's what, there's my backstory. So you know, I, I didn't have a silver spoon. In fact, I had a bloody you know, huge cross cars carrying, you know, and um, I managed to do that. And and part of why I do what I do is because I'm so grateful that I was able to do that and, and you know, oh, get, get through the other end. And I do have a bit of a heart of helping those who are in a tough situation, but I'm pretty good at helping people who um, are already in a decent place too. But um, yeah, thank you. It's, and I just want to say it's really kind of what you said to me Penny. thank you that's really nice of you to have said what you said i appreciate that well it's lovely i think you know we've got to be careful of of the intentions of people around the property world and i know totally. that there are some very well-known experts um you are very well known but there are some that have got a louder voice but it's not necessarily the voice that i would want to follow and trust so um yeah it's been real Real pleasure, Thomas and I were so thrilled when you joined BIP 100. We really were, and having your expertise and, and your values within it. So thank you very much. Thank you very much to anyone that's been listening to it. Please do contact me if you'd like to have a chat with Richard or get in touch with him. And, um, yeah, I wish everybody great success with their property. And thank you, Richard, for helping. Thanks, Penny.